3: Welcome back to The Fighter versus The Rider. I'm your host, as always. I am Damon Martin, and this week we have a bit of a rare treat because we rarely feature two guests on the show in one particular episode, but with Eagle FC taking place this Friday night in Miami and an interview I did with the Bellator featherweight champion, AJ McKee, uh, about a week ago, it was just too good not to put them both on the same podcast. Uh, We're going to kick things off with the Bellator featherweight champion of the world He has just recently announced his next fight, taking on Patricio Pitbull in a rematch. And I was interested to talk to him about how that all came together after I know he wanted Patricio Pitbull in a rematch at Lightweight with that title on the line. Of course, we all know uh, Patricio Pitbull gave up that title. So we're going to talk to AJ about that, uh, about his current status with Bellator, uh, his plans for the future, uh, responding to UFC champion Alexander Volkanovsky, as well as uh, his recent run-in with the Diaz clan at at a uh, boxing event not too long ago. So stay tuned for all of that right now, uh, and Make sure, of course, stay tuned for later in the show. We'll have Kevin Lee on. But for now, let's talk to the Bellator featherweight champion of the world, AJ McKee. Damon Martin MMA fighting back here with the Bellator featherweight champion of the world, and many would argue the best featherweight in the entire sport of mixed martial arts. I welcome back today the great AJ McKee. AJ, how are you?
4: Another day in paradise, man. Enjoying it. Enjoying it. How about
3: uh, yourself? I'm fantastic, man. Thank you, as always, for taking the time. Of course, we've chatted a lot over the last year since you won the belt, but of course the announcement was just made. Your next fight is booked in April, and you're running it back with uh, Patricio Pitbull. Let me start there. How did this whole thing come about?
4: I don't know. Um, honestly, I thought I was going to get to fight Borics or someone new. Um, you, you know, me being uh, the mercenary and so forth, I like to it's, it's it's I like to kick ass and take names. So uh, the rematch with Pitbull, it, it's not overly exciting for myself but at the end of the day um i don't know when when i fight people i don't my intent is to make them never want to fight me again so the fact that uh patricio wants to fight me again this next fight i'm gonna i'm gonna go in there with a a little bit of a different mindset um so yeah when we get done with this fight i'm gonna make sure in his mind that there's no doubt and and just just no doubt that he doesn't want to fight me again so uh I'm looking forward to it, man. You know, he he thought that first round was uh, early finish or stoppage, whatever. I mean, that was our first exchange. So uh, for me, I, I don't, I think he's just trying to hype himself up a little bit to get, get himself motivated to get in there, go train and, and, and actually feel out uh, a full round and see what happens. But um, I'm looking forward to going in there and doing the same thing, you know, uh, put the icing on the cake and solidify my my name is the best 145 ever in the world
3: yeah let me let me backtrack because we talked you know pretty soon after your title fight when you when you won the title last year and you told me at that point you know you, you weren't sure featherweight was going to be your future you know lightweight was kind of where you were thinking about going you know of course that's always been an idea to become a two-division champion it seemed like the perfect matchup you and Pitbull run it back, lightweight title on the line. Then it ends up he ends up giving up the title, which was like so out of left field. I did not see that coming. Uh, I don't know. Like, w- were you disappointed that this this is the way it played out? I mean, you're you're still getting Pitbull, but like, I, I know the idea was to get him and and get a second title.
4: Definitely, it, it's just it's it's like uh, it's like walking down the path. You know, there's there's bumps and bruises along the uh, along the path. Um, for me. Him being a champ champ, him holding on to that belt the entire tournament. Um, I think it was a little slime ball move, if you ask me um, personally, because he he knows my goals. He knows the accolades and the things that I, I look forward to achieving within my career and my life. Um, being champ champ is one for sure. Um, so him him doing it first and then, you know, me, me going in there, knocking him out, finish him, choking him out in the first. I was expecting to run it back for the 155 pound title. Um, just because, you know, I'm 27 years, about to be 27 years old. Weight cuts aren't getting easier. They're definitely getting a bit harder. Um, I just, I, I'd love to move up, you know, I can be faster, stronger, bigger. Um, I, I think I'll I have more of a, just more, more, more play time in there at, at 155 pounds. So, uh, I don't know it it was a little disappointing for him to release the belt you know um that's why i wasn't looking forward to fighting him for the 145 pound title it just didn't really make sense um him being a champ champ if you if you want your rematch okay let's get your rematch 155 but it's also not smart for him to let me go put on an extra 10 pounds and come in there (laughs) as a supersized freaking uh transformer machine in other words or something you know so um smart move on his path just a little hiccup on my path and uh you know I still got my goals I still got my my mind set on on my vision and uh I'm looking forward to getting back on it you know this this is just like I said he he's a pawn in this game at the chest and uh you know if you get that pawn to the other side of the, the other side of the the table you get a piece back but uh I'm, I'm getting this pawn off the table
3: yeah, did you have to change your mentality at all when this fight officially got offered? and the reason I say that is because when we spoke after the title fight and I totally agree with you you beat him in under two minutes. That's about as, as dominant as a win as you can get. The motivation to get back up for a pitbull rematch was, let's go to 155, let's get a second title. That was kind of like the excitement. Like, really fighting him again didn't make a whole lot of sense on paper, but a second title and then making, you know, moving up to lightweight made sense. Did you have to change your mentality a little bit to kind of get up for this one? Just because, listen, we all know Pitbull's a dangerous guy. There's no doubt about that. He's a great fighter, but, you know, you did it in under two minutes. Like It's almost like, what what more are you getting out of the rematch? You know what I mean? Um i don't know i think there's a lot of doubters
4: i've always had doubters in my career and in my ear so uh clearly he's a doubter um i don't know if bellator is a doubter i think bellator loves me as a champ i'm pretty sure they do <laughs> <laughs> um i think a lot of people you know that he i don't know i i would the motivation for myself was the fact that he released the belt so it's like he's trying to i don't know if he's trying to get under my skin but that was all the motivation that I needed. Um, you know, at, at this point, I want to make it a family affair. Um Pitbull still has that belt, whether it's Patricio or patriki So for me, I'd like to make it a family affair ass whooping at this point, just because uh yeah, man, they they the Pitbull brothers have property, AJ Merc- Mercenary McKee once again. So uh, uh I'm looking forward to grabbing both those titles, man. Whoever's in my way, you know, um, you're gonna have a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I'm 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 coming to take take everything. Um, I'm on a belt hunting spree, dude. I, I really don't care what belt, any belt, <laughs> wear a belt. It, if it's a belt, I want it. You know, Louis, Bellator, I- anything. You know, it's I, I like belts, so I'm on that belt hunting spree right now. But I uh, I would say the motivation for this fight was pretty easy. You know, um, after becoming champ, I, I definitely felt a little less motivated. I'm like, all right, well, who's next? What's next? You know, what I mean. So I enjoyed a little bit of time off, and then I got to that hungry point. And was like, all right screw this dude i need a fight what's up what's going on and then so i got on instagram a little bit you know talking here and there Boric has been wanting his 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 title shot um the dude that just beat sanchez i believe he's number three um and then patricio those are about only three fights i could possibly think of um i've been telling Boric he could get it whenever he wants it you know what i mean so uh i i think that that'll be one for the future um but the motivation for me was like oh he he thinks this was a fluke you know <laughs> he he thinks he has something to come in here so i don't know this fight is going to be it's going to be a little more nitty gritty and uh i think a little bit dirtier you know i might be bringing on some elbows some knees uh it's a different arsenal more uh more bodily damaging uh strikes and stuff you know no- nothing to I don't know that fight, that last fight was a very technical fight, but it wasn't it wasn't like a, a a brute battle, you know. It wasn't like oh AJ's trying to hurt this dude, you know. It was it was just go in there, win, and, and do your job. Um, this fight, I want to make sure he never wants to fight me again. Um, you look at any, any of my opponents in their records. I, I've I've never I never want my opponents to fight me again, you know, because that that means that I just I feel like I left the opening, you know. What I mean, it's a fight. You're fighting for for your 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 life in a sense, um, your family, your goals, you know, ev- everything you have comes down to that moment within that cage. So uh, for me, I'm ready to get him out of there again. We didn't finish round one, so let, let's start up round two.
3: Yeah, there's two schools of thought when it comes to rematches, or in this case, automatic rematches. There's one side, like I remember when Chris Weidman knocked out Anderson Silva, and even before the fight started, he's like, give him to me again, because everyone's going to say it's a fluke. Everyone's going to say if I beat Anderson, it's going to be a fluke. Give him to me again so I can prove it's not a fluke. Then there's the other side, which is, you beat him so dominantly. How can you, you know, how can you top your own performance? You basically knocked him out and submitted him in two minutes. I mean, you, you know, it's kind of like a combo. You got like the perfect ending there. Um, how do you feel about that? Because, like you said, you 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 want to get him out of there and, and you want to make it so this guy never wants to fight you again. Somehow, there's some doubt in his mind that there was an early stoppage, whatever the case may be. But on the flip side, people are going to say, well, how can you do it better? You beat him in two minutes. You knocked him out and choked him out in under two minutes.
4: For me, I, so in every fight, win or, win or lose, there, there's always a lesson to be learned. Um, and that that's kind of something my dad's geared me on. He's like, in a win, there's always something to win, to, to like, even if it's an eight-second win. Like, when I beat Georgie, there was there was a big lesson in that. You know, there's always a lesson to be learned. And, uh, yeah, with, with this fight, I'm um, not quite sure, dude. Honestly, I'm just, I'm, I'm. I'm ready to go. You know, um, it was it was two finishes in the first the first round. So for for me, I would say keeping that in mind, we didn't really get to fill each other out, you know, so he doesn't really know what to expect that much. That was our first exchange, legit, our first exchange of punching and kicking. And it rocked him. You know, he bit on the faint. I, I was going to throw a left. He was going to throw a right hand. I didn't like the the spacing, so I backed out, gave him a little distance, circled over, and I, I saw the head kick. So I set up the head kick, and that was all she wrote. But that was literally the first read of our fight. So um, for me, you know, nothing's really changed. Um, I, he doesn't know what to expect. I kind of feel I know what to expect in him. Either he's going to come at me crazy or he's going to try to do the same thing. I don't think he's going to play the range this time and keep his range. Um, I think this time he's going to come at me and, and, and that's, that's when he's going to run into something nitty and gritty.
3: Yeah. You know, you mentioned before the future for you at lightweight and, and you mentioned a couple of guys out there, of course, Adam Borch and uh, you know Mads Brunel, they got a fight coming up. Everyone's talked about that being the number one contender fight. I think Bellator actually said it's a number one contender fight, but you said your time at featherweight, there is a clock, you know, there is a, t- there is a ticking time clock where featherweight is not viable for you. Um, I don't want to discount those guys and I don't want to like ruin their dreams in this interview, but you know, is there a good chance if you beat, you know, everything goes well, you beat Patricio again, you t- talk about a family ass whooping affair, you know, going up to one fifty five, there would be something satisfying about taking the title away from his brother too. Like, is there a chance this is your last fight of featherweight?
4: Possibly. Um, possibly, uh, I'm getting older. Weight cuts getting harder. Um, obviously it's not like, like unbearable. I just, man, I think people like fail to realize I've been in the sport five years consecutively, back to back to back, putting on three, four fights a year um, up until the tournament, you know? So for me, cutting weight has been something I've done my entire life from high school wrestling to college to even junior Juco, Juco state and JC and you know what I mean? So wrestling was uh, weight cutting has been my entire life. I, I, I think my skill set is good enough. To the point to where going up to 155s, being faster, stronger, I wouldn't have a problem. Um, On top of, yeah, I just man, (laughs) I'm getting bigger, dude. I'm starting to walk around (laughs) close to 180. I I could touch 180 now. So, um, obviously, I don't want to be touching 180. But you know, if I'm in the gym, like I don't lift weights. The most I'll lift is 45 on each, 45 pounds on each side of a of a bar. So. I don't really lift weights. If I were to like really get in the gym and lift a bit, I I think I can make exponential growth at one fifty five and and really set just new. I, I don't know. Also, I've had eighteen fights at one hundred forty five pounds. Like, who's left in the division? You know what I mean? So, I mean, Boric would be that one or Burnell. Um, but after that, r- realistically, there's nothing left in the division for me. So. Um, Yeah, fifty fives is definitely it's definitely the move. I've been scoping that out for a few years. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where things lie. Maybe go over to Showtime, get a little boxing in and uh, get some big names over there as well.
3: I love it. I love, yeah, I love to match with Patricio. I'm not going to lie. I mean, listen, there's something special. It's a rare thing we can have brothers in a sport. Even rarer that you could get a chance to take the title from one, take the title from the other. As cool as it would have been to beat Patricio twice in a row to become a two-division champion, there is something kind of cool about the chance to maybe do it a take it from his brother, right? Yeah, maybe we'll just put three behind there. You know what
4: <laughs> I mean? Same, same Same fight to me.
3: uh you mentioned showtime there and i know when i saw you when i met you actually in person for the first time was at the jake paul uh tyron woodley fight in cleveland i you know i you were doing some commentary and stuff like that and i know coming out of your last fight we talked about this and i talked to steven espinoza about you uh before that jake paul fight and i said you listen aj mckee is to me the face of bellator now he is the biggest star in that organization uh you know how important is AJ McKee to the future of Bellator and of course he's you know he you know, loves you and you know you're a huge important asset what is your relationship like with Bellator right now like in terms of your contract in terms of where you're at in your career because I know you do have a lot of opportunities you talked about showtime maybe doing some boxing things like that but of course that question is always going to come up what about AJ going to the UFC so where are you at in your relationship with Bellator right now? Um, relationships good.
4: You know, it's always been a family here at Bellator. They've always taken care of me. Um, it's, it's been great business. You know what I mean? Um, they've, they've, they've worked side by side with my father and building me into the superstar that I'm becoming. And, uh, I think this is just, this is just the beginning, you know, um, first world title first, first, uh, I don't know. We're just getting started, man. So, um, I, I love Bellator. It's a home. I can work. I can work with them. The endorsement wise, there's big things and big opportunities that you can't do in other organizations. PFL, UFC, ONE FC. You know, I, I can't go get a Snickers deal, a Cadillac deal, a Porsche deal. Um, undefeated, like there, there's certain deals that I just I don't think are are they're, they're not possible outside of other outside of Bellator um me having the platform in the relationship with Bellator I can I can set up things and and be able to kind of like I've been saying is be able to go box with Espinosa on Showtime and kind of balance it out with uh Bellator as well and that's that's just having the great relationship between those two companies and then myself being in the middle and being able to have a, a mutual ground in relation there as well so uh yeah, man. I, I love it here. Um, it, it, it's awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to just getting, getting back to fighting those three, four fights a year though, man. I, I, I genuinely love the fight. You know, obviously the money's a key. It's, uh, it's very big factor into life. I live in California. So, you know, that million dollars is like that, you know, you go, that's a down payment on a house. <laughs> um, <laughs> So for me, man, I just, I genuinely love the fight. You know, it's not about the money. Um, obviously, well, it is about the money, but um, at the end of the day, I just love the fight. And, you know, um, contracts, I got I got three left at the moment. Um, we'll see where things go. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I think Bellator may have thought it was maybe a, a quick finish or a a, a a fluke or I don't know. So. For me, like I told them, you know, when after I fought Carwell, I wanted to show them what I was worth. You know, I wanted to finish out the million dollar tournament and put that million dollar check above my name so that every check um, after that is nothing under a million. And uh, yeah, um, I guess I'm I'm just not done showing myself yet. So I'm going to I'm going to go out there and put the icing on the cake one last time and uh, see where things go from there.
3: Yeah, you mentioned three fights left on the deal and the opportunity to do other things is huge. We've seen it recently yeah. with Francis and in the UFC. Maybe you've seen just a little bit of like the drama that's going on there. Francis really wants the chance to, you know, box. He has an opportunity to potentially box Tyson Fury. <laughs> I told I joked with Curtis when I told with-
4: that's not happening with uncle dana i'm
3: sorry Yeah, and that's what i told i was like listen he's got i, I, was like, I don't know whether do you want to say he's got a chance of winning or not you pay me 30 million dollars i'll get knocked out by tyson Fury tomorrow like i'll stay i'll get i'll lose i'll lose horrifically but i'll go in there for 30 million dollars to get paid but does that i mean that opportunity and it's not like asking you to sit here and take shots at the ufc but like the fact that you could even have that mention, like hey I want to do a boxing match. Showtime's a partner. Steven Espinosa said he would love to do things like outside of just fighting with you. You can't do that other places.
4: Agreed. I've I've spoke with Espinosa personally myself, you know, uh, just kind of putting fillers out there. Hey, what's up Espinosa? When can I get on a card, you know? <laughs> um, clearly they like what they see. That's why they've had me commentate uh previous couple events. Um, so with with that, you know, Espinosa asked me, he's like, "Who would you fight?" I don't fucking care. I'll fight anybody, bro. <laughs> Who you want? Who you want? I, I think the name that I gave him, I was I gave him like four or five names. I was like, what? I'm cool with Danny Garcia. So I'm like, that'd be a, a cool match. You know what I mean? He's a power hitter and he's a dog, bro. Bro's coming to fight. You know what I mean? So uh that would be a really big fight. Um, Earl Spence, that'd be another big fight, you know. Um, I don't care. My my ultimate sparring match or move because Floyd don't fight no more, but I've been calling Floyd out. It's not it's not a fight. I think me being the best at my sport, him being the best at his sport, it would be phenomenal for me to be able to go in there and just move around with him and experience moving with the best of the best. You know, I could really gauge myself, see where I'm at. And I feel like see potentially where I have, uh, whether or not I have a big, big future in the boxing community. Um, which I, I honestly and strongly believe that I do a uh, few months of just strictly training boxing. And I think uh, I can make some some very big growth within those months. Um, but, yeah, man, boxing is, is fun. I don't have to worry about getting elbowed kicked. If I get rocked, I could take a knee and take a little second. You know what I mean? So it's definitely a different world, a different realm, um, three minute periods. It's different conditioning you got to get used to. But man, it, I'm I'm all about learning new things, evolving and leveling up. So uh, I think that's that's one sport, hand hand combat wise, that'll really I'll be able to implement into the into my fight world and uh, just pretty much cross cross promote and bring both worlds together. You know, boxing was really the pinnacle of all of I wouldn't say all sports, but uh eh, kind of man. It, it, Boxing's been around for so so many years, you know what I mean? It's the the closest thing to the gladiator days that we had until mixed martial arts came around and now, you know, MMA, it's like it's Roman gladiators without the weapons. And I I think that's what people thrive on and like the most. So uh, I think uh, bringing over a little bit of boxing attention and getting those guys involved with uh, mixed martial arts is key. Um, I don't think any boxers are going to come do MMA but I mean hey it's cool to be able to go transition and and share that moment with them in their realm and their world and you know it, at the end of the day this is entertainment so uh put on some good shows man you know I love the way boxers get to walk out with all their their rap artists and their whole entourage you know that that's where I'm I'm waiting for mixed martial arts to become a real sport like that so I can begin to do things like that like I'd love to have Snoop Ot, 50 Cent, you know, like just all these OG guys, whiz, like anybody I'm I'm in cahoots with that I kind of that's kind of just watched me since the beginning, you know. Um, I think it'd be it'd be dope to just share those moments with them, you know. They they know what it's like to be backstage for their events, but they don't know what it's like to be backstage for our events. So like, I had an Ot Genesis in the back one time, and like it's just a completely different vibe, the warm up versus his warm-up for a performance and so forth so for me it's just being able to share that moment with those guys and bring them into my realm and vice versa you know so the, the boxing world that, that's where i'm looking forward to getting into and being able to put on a real entertainment show
3: yeah i love it i love it now this this question i'm about to ask you AJ, is really difficult to answer because we always know things change in the future what happens today may not impact tomorrow or it may change everything forever tomorrow. But right here, where we sit right now, February, 2022, um, you, you seem happy in terms of where you're at in your career with Bellator, with Showtime, the opportunities they're affording you. Now, maybe that'll change six months down the road. Cause I know we're all guilty and I'm guilty. I've asked you this a million times, you know, going to the UFC and, and, and fighting the guys over there, all those kind of things. But if you're getting paid, well, and you have these kind of opportunities and you're, you know, you get a chance to do boxing and maybe you make it a huge, maybe make a huge impact in boxing. And then that becomes your focus. I don't know. But if you never did anything else besides Bellator boxing, things like that, would you be satisfied? Like, do you feel like you're, you don't need the UFC to feel like you made a career out of yourself. Do you know what I mean?
4: No, I I definitely don't, but I feel like it's proving a point. You know, I'm a, I, I love to prove points. Um, you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it just to, just to prove you wrong. And then I'm going to come back and be like, hey, told you so. You know, <laughs> like, that's just like, I, I used to troll fans. Oh, you're going to get your ass whipped." I'd save their comments, you know, screenshot a picture and then go back after I win the fight and be like, hey, so what happened? Like, I thought I was going to get my ass, you know, like, it's just fun for me. Um, but at the end of the day, one day I have to own a UFC title definitely hands down, you know, um, just, just to prove that point, you know, um, like I said, I'm on a belt hunting spree. It could be one FC, UFC, PFL. I would love to own one belt in every organization, but in all honesty, I'd love to just unify the belts in it. Whoever feels like they're the baddest man, you know, come step up to the plate that, and that's the way it should be done. And that's something that I learned from the boxing world. You know, once you reach that plateau of where you're at, um, yeah, man, you you got to bring other people in and and see see what see what the move is, um, and I, I don't know, man. UFC, they've with what I would like to do. I know the goals and the things that I would like to do. It can't happen in the UFC, so um, I'm trying to set things up and and build the relationships now, so that once I get to the platform of where I'm comfortable at. You know what I mean? A couple hundred thousand followers, million followers. I can go to these companies and be like, hey, your guys' product fits into my lifestyle well. I'm, it's it's a genuine relationship that I have with your product. And that's where you kind of build the chemistry and the relationship. So uh, Undefeated, I don't think it's going to be going to uh, UFC. Snickers isn't going to be going to UFC. I don't know. Could be a possibility. But as far as in this present moment, I don't see it happening. Um, but yeah, definitely, man. uh, A big key piece for me as well is that I I think people tend to forget that the organizations make the fight or the fighters make the organization, not the organizations make the fighters. So, um, it's our skill sets that, you know, as athletes that have gotten UFC the representation that they have, um, I feel like my skill set has gotten not only myself, but Bellator, the, the recognition that we deserve. Um, as a company, me as, as an individual, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to testing my skills against anyone that claims they're the best because at the end of the day, I, I know I'm the best.
3: Yeah, it's funny because we've had this argument. I mean, I you know I'm back in the day with like you know when I covered UFC and Pride, and everyone's like, oh, if you're not in Pride, you're not the best. If you're not this. You're not the best.
4: Those and Pride I know you, days were beasts.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I know, and I know you see it like, and I have listen. I have nothing but the utmost respect for a guy like Alexander Volkanovsky. He's a monster. Again, I've talked to him. Incredibly nice guy, incredible fighter. But when he says things like you know AJ hasn't fought the same level of competition, you know those kind of things. oh has no jitsu? What
4: the what the is he talking about? <laughs> Hold on. This man mentioned my name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Volkanovsky. Talk to Uncle Dana, ASAP player. Bring it over to Showtime. You know, let, let, him, let McKee do his mercenary thing, man. The audacity. This man. Level of competition. Bro, my four year old brother has better wrestling in jujitsu than you. What the? Get
3: this guy, man. Man. Well, else? I got the double A. Double-A? Well, that's that's, that's what I question. well that's my, that's what I'm talking about because how many times like we've heard guys in certain organizations say things like that and then we see Eddie Alvarez comes over becomes a champion, Michael Chandler comes over and he's one of the top guys in the world. We've seen when Strikeforce is around, we saw Luke, Luke Rockwell comes over becomes champion, Daniel Cormier. It's like this perception that just because you're not in the UFC, you're not good is is so utterly ridiculous. See,
4: this is where. I feel like my mindset of the fighters making the organization is different from other fighters. These fighters think that the organization is what's making the fighter. And you can tell in his mindset of, Oh, AJ's never fought top level competition, bro. A fight is a fight. Have you ever been in a street fight? It's, it's a fight. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter the level of competition. You can get caught at any point, any moment. But for me, how many losses does Volkanovsky have? How many losses does this person have? How many? Lo- There's no one that is undefeated like myself with a finish rate like myself with a mixed martial arts record like myself. 13 finishes, six subs, five five knockouts. Bro, look at the stats. <laughs> Ten finishes in the first round. Bro, the day Volkanovsky can come to me with his stats looking even halfway looking like that. Then bro can say something to me. Until then, I'm a big brother him like like Pitbull. I'm going to put my shades on and look at him so he doesn't even know if I'm looking at him. But I'm going to st- still be looking straight at him. You know what I mean? Just Just giving him that look like you have no idea what you're talking yourself into. And like straight up, he can try to hype himself up, but he's protected by the UFC. And until he's not protected by the UFC, I don't want to hear anything by anybody. I'm not protected. I'm an open book. If somebody feels that they're the best, like I said, unify these belts, bring it on all smoke where there's smoke. There will be fire and you got to get past the
3: fire to get to the smoke. And I'm not fire, and I'm ready to bring it. I love it. I love it. Uh, real quick before I get you out of here, AJ, I got to ask, uh, speaking of fire, uh, I saw your dad pop up recently in a video in, uh, in, in Jake Paul's, uh, Dana White diss track, uh, what did you think of that? What you, first off, let me ask: What did you think of the diss track? I know I'm, I know I'm setting you up here because I'm asking you what you think of a Dana White diss track. But when I saw your dad, and I know your dad, I was like, "Oh, I was like, what's Antonio doing in here?" <laughs> um, I plead the fifth. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I uh, it's comical, man. It's fucking entertainment to me, dude. Nobody challenges Dana, so for him to challenge Dana like that, for me, I find it entertaining. Um, it was a little uncomfortable for me to have my father in that video in that. But, uh, I mean, it's no hard feelings at the end of the day, man. It's business. This is, this is entertainment and kids doing good shit. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, whether you hate him or you like him, he's entertaining and and people are talking about him. It's the only fucking Dana doesn't mention anyone outside the UFC, but he mentions Jake Paul. (laughs) Jake's doing something right you know what I mean so uh for me it's entertainment man I enjoyed it I thought it was funny um the lyrics though are are are, man those aren't that funny (laughs) those aren't that funny but uh yeah man um it's good it's entertaining you know at the end of the day I don't I, I don't know if Jake has intents on stepping in that cage if he does he knows where I'm at and he better come train with us um Outside of that, it's entertaining, man. My my dad, you know my dad. He's he's mellowed out so much over the years, and I think that's his way of just like I don't know, I don't fucking, know. I don't know what his mindset or intent is on it. It's, it's for funny. me, it was a laughing stock. It was comical. I enjoyed it.
3: I remember we were talking uh, before the pit bull fight and I said something joking about him fighting uh captain Eric. And boy, he jumped right in that interview. He heard me. I was like, your dad, your dad will still Dude, fight somebody. I know he will, bro.
4: This man is 53 years old. Still trying to fight. When I tell you our blood is different. That's what I'm telling. Bro, Volkanovsky, Holloway's my dream fight. Shout out to Holloway. Respect that man. OG of all OGs, 145 pound King right there. Um, the Volkanovski, all these other guys, zombie, like, ah, what's up? Like, I'm I'm trying, man, and it's like everybody in the MMA world knows how my father used to be. He was very loud, very, he didn't bite his tongue, and he's going to say exactly what he feels. I'm a little more mellow. Um, Obviously, the blood's within me. I have those (laughs) crazy tendencies, but I've learned to control myself, keep myself mild-managed, and, uh, man... You pick and choose your battles you know what i mean um so i i just man i'm ready to fight bro these people everybody says they're ready to fight but when it comes down to actually getting in there and, and pulling strings to make certain things happen i don't think people like to deal with the hassle of trying to put things together where me i'm i'm if i set my mind on something i'm the type of person oh it needs to be done next week i'm gonna do it now just to get it done so i have all of this week to do what i need until next week um i'm just a get it done type person you know um i, I think it goes it goes in the show with my fighting skills as well I, I see an opportunity and i capitalize on it every time
3: yeah and you mentioned you know the jake paul thing you know it's funny because everyone likes everyone wants to rag on him for you know whatever he's doing in his career i like jake i've talked to jake you know several like times like island boys but, but it's like – but here's the thing with Jake. Like, whether you like him or don't like him, it's kind of funny. Every time he kind of takes aim at Dana, the funny thing is, like the fighters I talk to, they're like, yeah, Jake, he's loud, he's doing this, but he's got a point. <laughs> he's got a point. Very like, good you, know, point. Like, you know what I mean? Like there is a and, – and he's got a big audience. Like you cannot fault the guy for at least spot, uh, shining a spotlight on real problems in our sport.
4: Agreed, you know. And these were things that my dad – I think personally from my dad stepping into the video – it was the things he was he was speaking upon in the video. My my dad's been talking about fighters unions and unifying belts and just more more things for the fighters, you know. And that's where I can say boxing is a full, full bred sport versus mixed martial arts. I see it kind of more as entertainment, but it's becoming a sport to a different level. And me having me being the second generation of fighters stepping into the sport and then obviously potentially having my little brother be the third generation um, of fighters coming up in the game. By the time I step away and he steps in, I would like it to be a full-on sport, you know, Um, or at least gearing towards it, you know what I mean? Um, So for me, I I love what he's doing, you know. He's bringing a lot of attention to the sport. Um, I guess some people would say it's bad attention, but I think it's good attention because of the flaws and the, the things that he's pointing out um i'm very i i I don't like to speak upon things too much within the fight world because i i want to give it opportunity to actually grow you know um i want to give it an opportunity to see over the next you know this is my fifth year being pro so um i got to come into the game see the game learn about a lot about the game um also having my father by my side, he's, he's broke down and kind of showed me, Hey, this is what's going to happen. This is where this is going now. This is where this is going. You're in a little dilemma here. This can, you can kind of weigh out and wait and do this and that. So having him in my corner, you know, first generation knowledge, um, is, is key. Um, but the, the second generation knowledge, the things that I'm envisioning for myself and my goals, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm getting eager, but I'm trying to stay patient. You know, I, I there's many things I want to step in and 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 really just full force. But like, look, this is what we're doing. I want to do it this way. Boom, 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 pensions, retirement plans, da 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 This, you know, or like just all kind of things. So uh, for me, in, in due time, you know, um, I, I feel like with a little bit more star power, um, a little bit more following, the people behind me, just getting to know me personally for who i am um i think that'll be a a big key to uh the mma fans and showing them who i am um the possibilities things that i want to do in this sport and uh yeah man i think step one is unify those belts so i can uh i can go out there and and show the world who the mercenary really is
3: yeah i know you're a fighter first but i always loved the the jay-z quote you're not a businessman you're a (laughs) businessman
4: hey that's factual in MMA, for real,
3: for real. Uh, last thing I want to uh, real quick, and I'm only bringing this up because I, I heard about this from the last uh, the last Jake Paul Tyron Woodley card when you were out there. Do you have some kind of beef with the Diaz team? <laughs> no, nah,
4: man. I wouldn't call it beef. I mean, Anthony Prettyboy Boy is not to be touched in my presence. Period. Out of respect for me or whoever the hell you want to put respect on it for, he's not to be touched in my presence. Um, you know, I I'm not too fond of of Chris or Nate. You know what I mean? I, I don't like bullies. So y'all trying to walk around and bully Nate or Anthony? Um, that's not gonna fly with me. So uh, every encounter we kind of have, it's it's been a little a little touchy, but I wouldn't call it a beef because if it was a real beef, it would get handled. You know. Um, he's got one fight left in his contract. Maybe I get him on Showtime and, and and get him over there. I like I said, I love family affair ass whoopings. I know, I know. Uh, Chris is Nate's little pocket holder. You know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, hey, maybe I'll beat him up and then beat Nate up after. I, I don't really care. I, like I said, I love the fight. And at the end of the day, we can't talk about it. We both fighters. We can settle it like OGs. You know what I mean? Um, I had a previous ish- issue with one of his boys, and couple years back, and just OG style. I sent t- Nate a text like, "Yo, what's good? Tell your boy I know he's UFC. I'm I'm Bellator." Like bro we we've been in the game since before that like if we got an issue let's go backyard style how we originated and get down bro of course no response but some people just ain't cut from that cloth like that you know what I mean um versus my dad (laughs) we know that man's crazy as hell (laughs) so so I I know I got it in me, and that's why I keep it tamed a little bit but man disrespect you know it it only goes so far and uh I now feel disrespected, and that's where it becomes a problem. And that's why I asked Nate personally, I said, What's good, bro? We got an issue. And he just kind of laughs. And I'm like, That's not a no, but that's not a yes. But what's up, you know? <laughs> so every time I see Nate, that's the question What's good? We got an issue? What's good? Like, is there a problem, bro? Like, so I, I don't think it's a real issue. And if it does come down to an issue, like I said, we can let these do the talking.
3: Yeah, it's funny you say that. One fight left on this contract, talking about big fights, big paychecks. Nate Diaz and Bellator, Nate Diaz and Shots you know?
4: <laughs> hey, bring that ass here, boy. <laughs> and, and it's weird because, like, I grew up watching Nick and Nate, you know what I mean? Um, favorite favorite fighters since I was a kid, dude. They've been in the game since, you know, when my dad was fighting, they were the kids in the game. Now I'm the kid in the game, and they're the older guys in the game. So, you know, I had an opportunity to meet Nick. And Nick walked over, introduced himself, you know, while Nate and Chris Avila over there doing their little little brother thing, you know, you know how little brothers are. And uh, so that that's just the way I see it, you know. There's no real beef there. It's it's big brother, little brother, you know. And little brothers will always be little brothers until the big brother puts the little brother in check. But uh, hopefully I get to be the big brother and put that dude in check, you know what I'm
2: saying? Uh-
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, now you got your little brother coming up now too, right? So you're the big brother. You got the little brother coming up under you. Bruh, Mason King McKee.
4: Mark my words, first world champ under 18. The day I can put a bet on it, the line opens up for him, his first pro fight. I'm putting 100 grand on it. I don't, who, whoever posts the bet, the bid, I'm betting on it. Mason will be the first world champ undefeated under 18.
3: How old is he bet right on now? He's four. Oh my gosh! So we got a few years <laughs> to wait, but I give it about. 12 about 12 years 12 years
4: he'll go pro talk about a gener,
3: talk about a generational thing to think about what your dad did in his (laughs) career what you're doing in your career and then think about you know like a decade from now a little over a decade from now you got another mckee coming up how crazy is that like the family you're building right now that's what i'm saying if
4: it's not my time it'll be his time i we man patience is key you know um i'm not a patient person but uh (laughs) Over the years, I've had to learn to be patient and I'm becoming more and more patient with the more knowledge that I learn. Um, you're, you're able to sit back and assess situations more when you're patient. So uh, that, that's a big key, you know, um, planning for the future and planning for the worst. Um, obviously, you want to plan for the future first and always have a backup plan for the worst.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, AJ, it is always a pleasure to catch up, man. You know, I really do appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the fights this weekend. Of course, best of luck to your teammate fighting on the card this weekend. Glad Thank you, you got your fight booked in April. You know, I always look forward to your fights, man. So I really appreciate taking the time. Have a good training camp. And, uh, man, can't wait for April.
4: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. And uh, speak to you soon. I'm going to go get this dub, finish out round
3: one. I love it. I love it, AJ. Talk to you soon, buddy, all right?
2: that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, hits the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
3: A big thank you, of course, to A.J. McKee for coming on the show. Definitely appreciate that. Now let's move on to the man who will headline Eagle FC 46 this Friday night against UFC legend Diego Sanchez. A lot has been made about Kevin Lee over these last few months as he exited the UFC, signed a new deal to join Eagle FC, and uh, we're going to talk about his current status in the sport. Uh, Is there any ill will with the UFC after the way he exited the promotion and what his expectations are now that he's actually working with Khabib Nurmagomedov as his promoter instead of a potential opponent? Uh, So let's talk right now to the Motown phenom, Kevin Lee welcome back it's damon martin and today i am happy to be joined by one of my favorite fighters to speak to we go back uh, quite a few years and he is about to headline his first event as part of eagle fc eagle fc 46 on march 11th against a legend in his own right and diego sanchez always a pleasure to speak to the great kevin lee kevin how are you
5: always a pleasure man always always it's been many years right
3: absolutely absolutely so now are you uh, are you chilling down in florida right now
5: yeah, I'm in Florida. I've been here for about six weeks now.
3: I talked to Logan Storley uh, before his recent fight, and I asked him you know, if you were down there, and he's like, oh, yeah, Kevin's been in here training with us, had a lot of compliments about you as a teammate. So how has it been working at Sanford?
5: It's been cool. Um, it's definitely a different training environment than what I'm used to, uh, but that's just good. I feel like it's, it's kind of elevating me, and, and sometimes it's – kind of necessary to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to, to really grow as a fighter and as a person. So Sanford has been, it's been cool. It's been a good, uh, it's been a good mix for where I'm at in my career.
3: Yeah. Now I'm a big believer in, you know, you go where the training gets you, you know, where you go, where you need to go. So I know you've been in Montreal before, mm-hmm. of course, everyone knows you were out in Vegas for a while. This is not a knock on yep. them in any way, shape or form, but what was it about Sanford and, and getting down to Miami that you wanted to like, was it just like, what was the deciding factor to go there?
5: Uh, it, it was mostly the life to be honest with you there's you know we we as fighters we still got that that part of our lives that separated from this so you know i i feel like my time in vegas just kind of was coming to an end and it, it had honestly been to an end even before this whole pandemic started uh, uh damn you're all right i got you all right all right um yeah my, my time in vegas just just my regular life was kind of coming to an end and I felt like I needed to restart on it and Florida, uh, everything just kind of lined up to, to send me in that direction. And, you know, obviously I was training over at extreme couture. It was the, the MMA gym of the year last year. Um, so it, it was hard for me to, to, to leave that environment. But once I got Eric Nixick's uh blessing to come down here and start working with hoof, it, it, it made more sense. Um, I would have, Canada was on the radar, but, you know, they, they've been crazy since all this uh this COVID thing been going on and I, it don't look like it's slowing down no time soon.
3: Yeah, I talked to Rory McDonald because Rory was down at Sanford too and he ended up down there in large part yeah. because he couldn't really train in Montreal because all the lockdown and restrictions and everything made it really hard for him yep. to train at home. So he moved down to Florida as well. So <laughs> you're not alone in that.
5: Yep, yep. He was definitely one of the people that kind of helped me with this uh, decision too, you know? I kind of brought in a lot of different people who have made uh, similar moves. Even, even George has been spending a lot of time down here. So uh, it's, it's been a, you know, it's, it's a process. It's been nice though.
3: Yeah. George as in St. Pierre. Yeah. Yep. Was he, was he down at Sanford?
5: No, I don't think he was down at Sanford. I just think he's spending more time in in Oh, Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, You know, like I said, it's, it's mostly just the life, you know, the life outside of fighting.
3: Gotcha. Gotcha. Four. How, uh, you know, when I talk to guys like Eric Nixick and I've talked to people who have trained with you, just like I talked about with Logan Storley, like they all rave about you as a great teammate and a great training partner, always willing to help guys in the room doing the work. But how important was it for you when you decided to go to Sanford to not burn bridges, leaving Vegas? Cause you know how this goes. You know, there's going to be a narrative. Like what was wrong with Vegas? What was wrong with extreme couture? Why did you have to yeah. leave? How important was that for you to not burn that bridge to where, you know, you could go back if you wanted to.
5: Yeah, is that that's extremely important. Um, that, that's just usually how I like to conduct myself. I don't I don't like to to burn bridges, especially if there was no uh, ill intention on either side. You know, and, and I feel like the people that I was really close to, like like Nick Sick and um, Dewey Cooper, and, and, and I mean, it's just I could I could go on and on about the teammates and, and everybody. Um, they could see that it was with the best intentions at heart. You know, it wasn't like. Oh no, y'all ain't y'all ain't doing it. Y'all ain't y'all ain't this. Y'all ain't that. Um, you know, there was never any of that. It was mostly just for me and in, in the life that I'm that I'm on right now, uh, and what I need to move forward. Vegas had a lot of it was a lot of traumatizing shit that I went through there, you know. So, uh, it, it was time for me to kind of leave that in the past and, and move on to the future.
3: We all need a fresh start sometimes, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, and I, and I've never been one to, to shy away from that. And honestly, I've I've always just grown every every time I've done this, you know, every time I I step into a new room, I I feel like I've grown. So uh, that was this time.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So of course, I, as I mentioned at the top, you're going to headline Eagle FC 46 your first event with Eagle FC. Of course, we all reported you signed with them a couple of months ago, you know, after leaving the UFC, and I know this is going to technically be your first experience fighting for them, but you know, you did the press conference, you've talked to the matchmakers, you talked to Habib. How has the yep. the process, how has it been working with Eagle FC thus far because yeah, you spent so much of your career in the UFC and we all kind of know what the UFC does in terms of like yeah. PR and, and and publicity and things like that. So how has it been working with Eagle FC? It,
5: it's been nice. It's been kind of like a, a, a little rejuvenation to, to my, my passion for the game. Um, like you just said, the, the UFC can kind of be a cookie cutter almost process sometimes, you know? Like there, there's things that you can do to stand out and stand above it. But e- even in that, you you kind of see the the, it's just process and you know I, I've been through 10 main events with them so by like the fourth or fifth one you see oh okay I see what I gotta do again okay all right yeah you know there there was like uh, obviously the UFC what they do is worked, you know and, and what they do is work like astronomically above it what anybody else could have expected so it's like you can't tell them what they're doing is wrong but but for me as as somebody on the inside it's kind of nice to get that new creativity kind of like somebody looking at it from a different angle they aren't just stuck in the in the in the, in the same old same old so that that that's been kind of nice on that part of it you know as the fight's getting closer and closer i'm starting to feel that that same like jitteriness that 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 i missed a little bit um i start i i stopped caring about a lot of stuff on on a day-to-day basis i'm like Let's just fucking fight. Let's just do that. I forgot what this feeling was like.
3: <laughs> yeah. Is there any part? I saw your post on on Instagram when you got the new poster and you said, you know, I've headlined 10 events and this is the best poster. You know, we all kind of joke sometimes about the UFC posters or, you know, it looks like, you know, they hired like a fifth grade class to put together a poster. I'm like, what do you guys got? Let's see who wins this contest. Um, yeah. And I know posters, you know, it's a poster. It doesn't really affect the fight, but. Do you feel like there's some part of you that, you know, like uh, this is not, I mean, I I guess I am kind of sliding the UFC for this, but like you're being treated like a star. You're being treated like a guy that like, they're like, you're, you're one of the faces of the organization. Now we're going to put a lot of money and time behind you. And and I understand the UFC has got 700 fighters. We get that. Not everyone can get the promotion, but. Even some of your main events, it almost felt like, "Oh, Kevin Lee's fighting. Why isn't the UFC like putting him out there? Why aren't they promoting him? Why aren't they putting him on more talk shows or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, it feels like Eagle yeah. FC is like they want to be in the Kevin Lee business." Yeah, yeah, which which is nice. You know, I I like to
5: be where I'm wanted. You know, um, and and I feel like that's for working with anybody. You you want to you want to work with people who want to work with you um and and it's not just like oh what can i get out of you what can i get out of you you know that that's kind of what it what it felt like uh with the ufc and and i do feel like um some of me stepping up and kind of talking about the addiction problems i had since since the surgeries and 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 you know some real life shit kind of made them stiff arm you even stiff arm me even more um and and not pay attention to what the actual value that i do bring so it's kind of nice to to not have to worry about that, and um, working with people who really understand the fighting part of the game—that's uh, that's one of the beauties about having a ex-fighter as a fight promoter. Like you get it, You get what it is. So um, I, I feel like that's the that's the route that we need to take as MMA as a whole.
3: Yeah. Now I'll be honest, Kevin. Going back a little bit, you know, we reported, of course, when when the UFC let you go, and there's very few times in my career I can say like when I get a piece of news where I'm like legitimately shocked. Like, I got that news. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is so bizarre. Like, it made no sense to me. And even months later, I still can't quite wrap my head around it, which I can only imagine how you were. So I don't want to just sit here and rehash things you've already said. You, Of course, you've done the interview since then. But I do want to ask, like, now here we sit, you know, days away from your first main event for Eagle FC. You got this new deal in place. Sounds like you're very happy. But when you look back at your time in the UFC, I'm not going to ask you to rehash everything you've already said, but. Is there any is there any ill will at all now looking back like now you've had time to process everything now you've had the time to think about everything like no emotion you're kind of moving on but cuz like to me like I'm glad Eagle FC picked you up when they they hit me up like right after we reported that you got released and we put out the statement we want Kevin Lee we'd be mm-hmm. interested in signing Kevin Lee I was like that's awesome but even mm-hmm. in my like today I'm sitting here talking to you you know days away from your next main event and I'm like it still doesn't make sense to me <laughs>
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh there there still is a bit of kind of confusion to me a little bit about exactly what's going on. You know, there's a lot of politics that go into this shit. So, uh um, that part, you know, it's still it's still some figuring out that needs to be done. Um but as far as ill will, there there's zero. There there's zero ill will on, on my end towards the UFC. Uh I feel like if anything it came at the right time. It might not have been the time that that I saw or, or would have wanted. Um, but ultimately I, I feel like it, it just came at the right time. You know, I, I got the attention of, of the entire world, but by, by, by my time in there, um, and it's like, I, I man, I, I, it's so much shit that I can do off of that, that there, there's no ill will. You know, I, I they, they taught me a lot. I had a lot of good experiences. I had 18 fights. Like that's not, that's not, something that they can never take away from me you know when i walk into a restaurant or I walk into the mall or I walk anywhere like I'm built different now you know like I move different and I feel like people can kind of tell that you can kind of see it I've had these experiences that you you wouldn't get anywhere else and a lot of other guys in the UFC wouldn't get half of the experience that I even got so um there there's no there's no ill will you know They, they they still got a lot of guys that that I've beat that are still in there doing good and that they're still promoting and doing great and all that. I wish uh, everybody the best of luck, but I'm here to be a world champion and that's going to start next week.
3: Yeah. We're in a position now and and, and we've had it before. I'm not going to say it hasn't been there before with promotions like pride earlier, you know, years ago. And then of course, strike force, but now we got Bellator, Mm -hmm. we got PFL, we got one championship. We got Eagle FC. There's more opportunity now to make real money. You know, outside the UFC, you don't have to be in the UFC to make a lot of money. We've seen that. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, Gegard Mousasi is, you know, making money and happiest yep. you know, ever in Bellator. Corey Anderson, another example, guys going to one championship, Dem- Demetrius Johnson going over there, Eddie Alvarez going over there. There's places you can fight make money and never be in the UFC. But in your head right now, considering the, whole, the way the whole thing played out and everything, would you ever— consider going back to the UFC one day if it came up or, or do you think that, you know, you can make your mark outside of there and you never need to fight there again.
5: Um, I I think both of those are a real possibility. Uh, I could definitely make my mark and be bigger than any fighter that the UFC has right now. Um, in, in terms of the world, you know, we, we kinda, we kinda, you know, MMA is such a small community that everybody kind of knows each other and, and, and we give respect to, 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 people who do great in the sport, but I've seen a lot of people that are vets that are UFC champions. And you know, you you take two steps outside the, the MMA world and nobody knows who they are. They don't even look twice at them, you know? Um and and there's just a lot more to life than 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 just that. So I feel like I could never step foot in a UFC uh octagon again and still be the biggest artist that they that they've made um and be bigger than any other uh, other of, of the other mixed martial artists that they've made but at the same time I, I can see me going back especially for the for the right fight. Um, one thing you can't take away from the UFC is that it definitely has some of the best competition in the world as, as far as like just competing going out there and competing against the best guys like the the UFC does have a, a good job of, of grooming them and, and, and making guys that so I, I can see me going back there for, for the right fight. Uh when you talk about a Charles Oliveira fight after a couple of them. Um there, there there will be a few fights, a Conor McGregor fight always, but um there there will be a few fights that I could see me going back for.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like I said, I still to this day, it's funny you're working with Habib. You know I was one of the guys, you know, pounding that drum for years. I wanted you to fight Habib and I wanted you to fight Islam because you're wrestling, your 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 pedigree, you know, you are kind of like yeah. the toughest matchup for those guys. That being said, um, I love that you have this opportunity with Eagle FC and I love that Eagle FC is out there. And I love that Habib has said, you know, we're going to make play for free agents. We're going to, you know, we're going to push to get these guys. And when you look at the roster, they're already building with guys like yourself with Diego, uh, you know, Cody Gibson, Ray Borg, you know, the, the list goes on over Rashad yeah. Evans. I mean, all the lists, like, is that exciting to be part of something that's that's growing, but also already kind of big. Like, I'll be honest with you, Kevin, we covered the first Eagle FC show here in the, in the States. Uh, with Rashad's comeback mm-hmm. and, of course, all those fights. I mean, it was huge. People were all over that. Yeah. People were going crazy for that card. Like, it's got to feel good to be kind of like on the ground floor of something that could be potentially very huge.
5: Yeah, exactly. And and I feel like I'm going to grow along with the company, too. You know, as as my star power gets bigger, them as a company is going to get bigger. And, and MMA as a whole is going to get bigger. You know, I feel like uh, all these years we've just been – kind of pushing for MMA and UFC to be mainstream. And now it's it's pretty much here. It's mainstream. You know, we on ESPN, we doing all these things. Uh, the uh, other artists know who, what a UFC fighter even is. Um, but now I think we we still got some growing to do. And the next bit of growth is to push MMA as a whole. Uh, and Eagle FC is a great way to do that. So, um, I, yeah, like you said, I'm excited to, to, to grow along with it. I feel like the last fight was big. This one's going to be really big. Um, I, I'm talking with some of the people on the inside, and they say the numbers are are are, are trending like even bigger than the first fight. So, um, my next four fights will all be here in Miami, and I just feel like it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So, I, I'm kind of excited to grow along with that. That this is a it's, it's an exciting time, and it's it's kind of re invigorated me a little bit. You know, I, I feel like the chip on my shoulder got even bigger, uh, and I got a lot to prove.
3: Yeah. You know, I'll be honest with you, Kevin. Like I, I, you know, we all kind of lean towards the UFC when it comes to the big cards, because they are the biggest show in town. No one's going to dispute that. You know, I think we all know that, but sometimes I feel like, and feel free to correct me if if you disagree, but sometimes I feel like the UFC is able to keep maybe salaries lower and like expectations lower because the competition is so rich. Like when you look at the lightweight division, the UFC, you know, one to 10, it's a, it's a snake pit. It absolutely is. There's no doubt about that, but you know, people say competition, competition. You want to be the best in the world, you gotta be in the UFC. I disagree. But I also think that, you know, it's a business. You're here to make money. You're here to make yeah. a living. It's prize fighting. I think people lose track of that sometimes. So when you're yeah. when you look, when you when you get to deal with the UFC, they're calling you and saying we want to offer you a contract. At that point, you know, you don't know exactly what you're gonna be facing. I mean, you know, Diego came after you, you know. I mean, you don't know you know what kind of competition you're gonna be getting but you know the pay's yeah. right you know what I mean you know they're going to yeah. treat you right you know they're putting an investment in you how much do you balance yeah. that in your own head when you talk about business versus competition because I completely disagree with the notion that you have to be the UFC to be the best in the world I will agree they have the deepest competition there's no doubt about that but like mm-hmm. I just, I'm just, i a big believer in business man you only have so many years in this sport if one place is going to pay you a million dollars and the other place where the better competition is they're going to pay you 250,000 I'm going to say sign for the million every yeah. single time
5: yeah, for, for sure. Like like you said, it's it's business at the end of the day. Um, and the competition is always gonna be there. Like you just said, the the best fighters ain't necessarily in the UFC. You know, I even see that working down here at Sanford. Like there, there's a lot of like top level 170 and 155 pounders that you you haven't heard of that's not in the UFC. Um there, there's guys in in, I mean, this is a global sport. It's all it's people in Russia and in Japan and in Australia and all these places where, you know, you can only hear about so many guys, you know, but, but there's so much competition out there. And when you look at it from a competitor standpoint, um, I come from a wrestling background, you know, nobody used to watch them wrestling matches, but we out there wrestling our ass off. You fighting me ass off. You, you working harder than you you've ever worked in your life harder than any football or basketball player or anything. And you're doing it in front of nobody, you know. You 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 out there wrestling and, and having all these great matches, and um, you just doing it just for the love of it and just for for the experience and, and your own your 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 own physical and mental well being. Um, and I feel like you can get that, you can get that anywhere, and as long as the competition is right. And like you said, somebody like Diego, Diego's been around since 2005, since I even thought about fighting. Um, if you don't respect what, what, what this man has done and what he's continued to bring to the game and he's done it year after year after year after year after year, uh, I, I can't really ask for a better competitor than that. If, if I would have been in the UFC right now, they probably would have put me and Diego together. You know That would have been the fight. So the competition is always going to be there. We, we got to go with the best business mind. And I feel like that's where MMA is starting to be at finally finally, because the more we make as fighters, the bigger the sport gets, you know, you talk about these young kids and if I'm a 12 year old athletic kid, am I going to go to football where I can make, you know, five, $6 million contract, or am I going to go to UFC and and make 50,000 a year or a hundred thousand at best a year? Uh, I feel like the more that we get these Floyd Mayweather level pay-per-views and, and, the 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 bigger payouts will will get the sport even bigger.
3: Yeah. Can I ask, uh, before we move on to Diego Sanchez, without asking for receipts, I'm not going to ask you to show me your paycheck, uh, but Eagle FC signed you to a four-fight deal. Can you give yeah. me some sense comparison in terms of, like, what you were making the UFC, better, worse, comparable? Again, I don't need you to give me numbers, but can you give me an idea, like, how well is Eagle FC treating you? Um
5: it's twice as good as, is what the UFC is treating me. Really? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> I, 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 I cannot, I cannot complain. And, and like I said, it is a lot of, uh, it's, it's the language of the contract, which is, which is a lot better too. Um, which that holds a whole lot more value than the dollar value, you know? Um, some of these fights are gonna live for eternity. Some of these fights will, will, will see better days in, in the long run, you know, so it's, it's a language of the, of the contract that, that is a whole lot better. And me as a person, me as a brand, like I'm always gonna be me, you know, T- 10, 20, 30 years from now. So it's kind of nice to, to, to own some of those rights.
3: Yeah, I know a lot of people like to do the, they say, you know, uh, everything happens for a reason. I kind of teeter on, like, I'm not a big believer in that. But at the same time, a year ago, you know, you're in the top 10 in the UFC. If I said, hey, Kevin, you know, you could go to Eagle FC and they're going to pay you twice as much as what you're making right now. You probably would have said, ah, you know, come on now. Like, you know, that seems a little crazy. In a weird way, if you, you want to look at the big picture, like I'm not going to say you're happy the way things played out with the UFC. But in terms of mm-hmm. the Kevin Lee business – did this all kind of play out better in a way? Like not to say you wanted things in the, in the way they did. Cause I still don't like that, but yeah, you're getting paid twice as much. You're a headliner. They're putting a promotion, all these kinds of things yeah. we haven't talked about. Like, is there a weird, is there some party that says, you know what? This actually worked out better for me. Yeah.
5: Yeah. When I, when I fall asleep at night, that's exactly how I think. Uh, I'm like, man, hard work kind of gets you somewhere you know hard work and and treating people right it it gets you somewhere even if it ain't exactly where you thought that you was gonna be it's like fuck you look you sit back at the end of the day and you know i I do weird flexes you know like I, i i haven't thought about buying anything for like four or five years now you know when i walk into the grocery store i don't even look at the prices i don't i, I barely even in to grocery store anymore you know like there's just there's food every day there's there's stuff every day like i don't i don't have to have these stresses and when i was 16 i would have killed for that you know um so yeah I, I, I sit back at the end of the day and i'm like man this shit working out kind of nice this is kind of <laughs> nice I, I don't know how i got here But uh, shit, I'm gonna continue on the path and keep working hard. And uh, you know, next next is a gold belt. That that's the only thing on my mind. So yeah, that's yeah. Like you said, it's kind of nice. It's kind of now.
3: Now hold on. Now talking about money, I'm looking behind you there. I'm seeing a lot of shoe boxes. Is that is that what's going on back there? What's what's (laughs) going on back there? The, uh, there's an issue. <laughs> see, now I'm a sneakerhead. I I just I lit I, I won't say how much. I'm not gonna disclose that. But I just went on StockX sure. to get a pair a pair of Jordan ones I wanted. Dropped probably sure. a lot more probably a lot more than I should have. Uh, so you know I understand that thirst. But I see those sneaker boxes behind you. So if you're not there at one place, you're spending money. It's 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 on sneakers, right? <laughs> yeah yeah we gotta we got a lot of
5: life you know I don't, I don't even uh i don't even aware of to be honest but you gotta lot of life you have to love it you gotta uh enjoy some of this shit right yeah there's a bunch of stuff that i'm into
3: what's your favorite uh what's your favorite jordan's Are you jordan one jordan two what's your favorite jordan's i'm a jordan one guy i like jordan ones
5: the the thirteenth, the 13s yeah. The Aquas. yeah yeah okay yeah i think so yeah. Okay. Or fives. I, I I dig the fives too. I dig the fives.
3: Yeah. I actually just saw a pair of Jordan threes the other day, and I was like, "Ooh, those are kind of nice." So yeah, I'm I'm an old school you Jordan know- one guy. But there there are some other. I saw the ones that Eminem was wearing on the uh at the Super Bowl, and I was like, "Ooh, those yeah, are kind of." Yeah. Nice. I think those were Jordan fours. So I was like, "Okay, well now here's another one I like." So uh yeah, it never you, stops. You write those.
5: The the threes are growing on me. The, the classics, you know, the classics are kind of nice. I, I haven't always been a classic type of person. I always kind of like the eccentric shit. But yeah. uh, the classics are slowly growing on me.
3: Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Like I said, I just spent way too much money on a pair of Jordan 1s, so I totally understand the addiction. Uh, uh, Kevin, let me ask you about Diego Sanchez because, you know, you've said a lot leading yep. into this fight about what a legend he is. We all know what a legend he is, uh, everything he's done. And it's funny because when you look at this fight on paper, you say this is kind of like the young guy yourself, you know, who's still, you know, top 10 guy, top five guy in the world kind of talent. And Diego's kind of, we we can't lie. Diego's towards the end of his career. We all know that, but that also makes him dangerous, right? Because in a way he's got nothing to lose. Like no one's going to, no one's favoring him to win this fight. He's a massive underdog. You're, you know, you're the big, you were the big signing for Eagle FC, all these kind of things. But Diego's still got that hunger, that fire. And there's always a danger in fighting, you know, kind of like that wounded dog. You know what I mean?
5: Yep 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 this is the most dangerous fight of my career um for sure when when they say it's all or nothing like it literally is uh if, if i go out there and, and, and lay an egg on against diego um yeah that's it's, it's it's a very very dangerous fight so i'm treating it like that you know i'm treating it like diego is the, the world champion and that that that's truly what it is you know some of these fights it's it's me against me you know like I really still haven't met the man that could beat me yet. You know, I, I've lost some fights in there. Yeah, sure. But uh, I think Charles Oliveira was the closest to, to, the, to the, the one that can match my skill level. And, and this this is the type of fight that is really going to push me mentally and see where I'm at. So I'm taking it a, a thousand percent. Whether Diego's was an 80-year-old man and they got to wheel him out in a wheelchair, like I'm still taking him a, 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 a thousand percent
3: yeah and that's and listen we can't deny I mean all eyes are on you you know what I mean like you're the guy coming in there's mm-hmm. this is your weight class the w- the one you've always wanted 165 pounds this is what we talked yeah. about I can't remember how many interviews we've done where we talked about you know creating a 165 pound weight class uh, you got you're now headlining yeah. it seems like you're getting the respect you deserve you're getting the paycheck you deserve now yeah. you got to go out and win right like at the end of the day that's what matters yeah. most the pay's nice the contract's nice the all the, that's nice still got to win
5: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that, that's, what's going to test my, my mentality. And, uh, that's, that's where I'm at right now is winning the fight. That's all I'm thinking about these days. And I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, that, that's kind of how these fight camps go is hurry up and wait. And now I'm just like, let's fucking do this shit. Like, let's get it over with. Let's do it. The lights is bright, but, uh, I've always shined underneath them and and I can't wait.
3: Can I ask real quick before I let you go, how is your, I mean, I know you're not going, you're, you're basically a week out from the, the, the weight cut, but how is your body feeling? Because you've always said, you've told me numerous times, 165 is your ideal weight class, 170, yeah. of course you fought there, but you always said you were probably still a little bit more than, you know, would you, 165 be perfect, 155 was a brutal cut, yep. we all know that. How are you feeling knowing right yep. now you're going to cut to 165?
5: It's it's a bigger smile on my face to show these days. I, I if this was a fifty five cut, I'd be a whole lot more pissed off right now. Um, I, I've gotten my nutrition right, you know, not not just in the sense of of you know being on an Atkins diet or some bullshit like that, or or just restrictive eating. Um, I've I've really been able to hone in on on my nutrition, um, so I, I feel like my, my cardio has really been stepped up uh, through me being able to fuel myself day in and day out, you know, these it's, it's harder training sessions for sure over here at Sanford. But, um, since I'm eating right, like my cardio has just been through the roof and and that's been the biggest improvement that I've seen.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of fun because that's, again, another reason why I love Eagle FC is that they're doing this. We're going to see this weight class yeah. everyone's talked about for years and, you know, and I know, I'm sure you saw it, you know, uh, I, I think it was actually me. I asked Khabib at the last press conference. I said, you know, the UFC has a lot of guys kind of, I won't say disgruntled, but there seems to be, you know, we've seen guys leaving and, and you know, there's going to be players for free agency. Yep. And Khabib's like, hey, you don't want to be in the UFC. Don't be somewhere else. Come over here. Eagle FC is a player. Uh, as a guy yep. who, who you know, who made your decision to, to go with Eagle FC, you got to be happy knowing Khabib's out there saying, hey, if you're a free agent, we want to talk to you because, again, the pay's great, but you want that competition as well. It's kind of like the matching thing. Yep. You want to even it out. Got to be excited about that, right?
5: Yeah, and there's some there's some dream matchups that I would love still out there. You know, I'm still a fan of the sport. I still uh would love some some good matchups, you know. You you talk about Dustin Poirier is talking about it, Nate Diaz is talking about it. Uh there, there's a lot of people that that are that are kind of about to start testing even more free agency. So like let's go ahead and make these fights happen and, and and get people what they want, and then we can start our own promotions or or however we're gonna go go about it
3: yeah i don't want to turn this in like my last thing here i don't want to turn this into like hey let's just slam the ufc but we have seen recently you know more guys are willing to challenge what's out there of course i know you share the same manager we all know with francis and gano we know the the background on that and kind of the history of that but you know francis is another guy who we've seen he's now challenging it he's challenging the status quo saying hey i'm not getting what i want i'm gonna potentially go somewhere else of course now you have this lucrative deal. You said twice as much money. You're going somewhere else. Uh, again, I'm not going to deny the UFC is the biggest show in town. We all know that, but you got to be happy to know that hey, the options are out there, and people are starting. To, I mean, you know, Jake Paul's waking some eyes up. You know, people are people are starting to see that like you know like it, there's other options out there, and I'm not going to sit here and lie and say the UFC doesn't still do a great job of what they do. They absolutely do. Sure. Uh, but Nate Diaz, one fight left. Nate Diaz, Kevin Lee sounds yeah. like a pretty big fight to me
5: yeah sounds like a huge one sounds <laughs> like
3: a good one i mean there, there's
5: so many big fights um you know like you said we we can't take away too much from from the ufc they they do a great job of of promoting but it's it's it kind of sucks being famous but not being rich you know you, that, that's not really the goal this, this is america we we value the dollar more than anything so be rich first then be famous when I'm giving uh kind of advice to to young fighters on on what they should do and where they should be and all this, I, I, I tell them like the UFC ain't top dog no more. You know, it's maybe in terms of promotion, but if you just want people to know who you are, then you can go and do a whole lot more shit than this. You know, if you' in it to to provide for your family and do some other stuff, like there, there's, a, there's a there's a there's some more options out there. Especially the the more we get into it and the bigger MMA is, there's some more options out there. So. You know, yeah, Nate Diaz and, and Kevin Lee sounds great. Kevin Lee, Dustin Poirier sounds great. There's been a lot of fights that, that sound great. Um, the the biggest thing for me is I'm going to be a world champion at 165 pounds. Uh, I I'm, I'm, will be the best man in the world for anybody who's willing to win at 165 pounds. So regardless of who that's against, that's what it is.
3: Yeah, it's so funny. You, you're I always forget you're such a veteran now. I still call you a young guy because you're so young in your career, but now you're the veteran giving advice to young guys. And I always forget, like, when yeah. we first talked, I think you were like one Crazy. or two fights, like one fight in your UFC career. I have to get out of my head, like, Kevin's like an 18-fight UFC veteran. Like, it's just so weird to me. Like, I just always yeah. think he's like this young guy, but you've really transcended and become like a true veteran in the sport. And that's a, that's a testament to the hard work and uh, everything you've done, Kevin. Like I said, man, it's amazing to see where you've gone. And it's just so funny to me because I still always say you're such a young guy. And you are a young guy, but yeah. I mean, you're actually a, a, a veteran now.
5: Yeah, yeah, I'm getting up there. You know, I, I feel like I'm just starting to hit my prime a little bit. That's when, that's when age meets experience, you know, the body and the mind are finally starting to to catch up. So I do I still feel feel very young, but uh I, I feel like I'm starting to hit my prime a little bit.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Kevin, I really appreciate the time. Of course, best of luck. I know the fight's almost around the corner now, so best of luck in the fight. You don't have to really travel for this one, which is nice, uh, right down there in yeah. Miami. Uh, i like to te- I like to text you and talk to you about fight stuff, but I'm not going to lie, man. You might get some texts on me with uh, with some sneaker news now. I'm not going to lie to you about that. I might, just be, <laughs> might be just text you about the newest Jordans coming out.
5: Word, word, word. You got it, bro. You got All
3: right, it. Kevin. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time as always, man. I appreciate it. Best of luck next weekend. I'm sure we'll chat again soon, okay?
5: all right 100 all right uh, david talk to you soon yes sir
3: a big thank you again to kevin lee for joining us as well as bellator featherweight champion aj mckee uh, appreciate both of them coming on the show uh with uh, kevin's fight of course coming up this friday night uh, at eagle fc uh aj mckee will be coming up with his fight in patricio pitbull in a matter of weeks now i guess uh, so stay tuned for that as well uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of the fighter versus the rider we're going to bring back an old friend uh my regular podcast co-host from back in the day the immortal matt brown will be here next week so make sure you tune in for that uh thanks to everybody as always for tuning in make sure you check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms spotify apple Podcasts, uh stitcher all those different outlets and of course over on mmafighting.com we'll see you guys next week for another edition of the fighter versus the rider thanks for tuning in we'll 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 see you then. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook